We here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Faith is hearing from God and doing what He says. So how will you be able to do what He says if you haven't heard from Him? And that's really an, our job, our part, is to, to hear from Him. And how would he hear, do we hear from Him? Jeremiah 15, 16 says, When I discovered your words, I devoured them. <laughs> and you can ask yourself, are you devouring the words of God? Are you devouring good news messages? Are you devouring uh, what God wants to do and what He's speaking to you? They are my joy and my heart's delight. Not what's happening in the world, not circumstances, not finances. Your word is my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name. He spoke about it hundreds and th- or not, not thousands of years ago. And now we are the ones, Christians, we bear the name of Christ. We bear his name. We can devour his words. Who is he? He is the Lord God of heaven's armies. And that's really what we're about this morning. We're the Lord God of heaven's armies children. And I'm just stirred up that we need to be about our father's business, not just anything not just be busy, but what are we busy with? We want to ask ourselves that this morning. What are we busy with? Because Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. And we all say, yes, we're the children of God, but let's be about our father's business then uh, in this place. Uh, Philip says there from Colossians 2, um, you have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord. Now keep on following him. Follow his orders, follow his direction, follow his voice. Plant your roots in Christ and let him be the foundation for your life. Be strong in your faith, uh, just as you were taught, and be grateful. So simple. And I love that. In the, in the military, instructions are simple. And like everything God gives us today and has given us is simple. It's like, do this, share the word. Why? Because you believe. When you believe and you share, grace abounds. Grace brings thanksgiving. Thanksgiving brings glory. Now we have a confirmation. Colossians 2 and verse 6. Be strong in your faith, just as you were taught, and be grateful. Thankfulness brings glory to God. And that's at the end of the day, I'm sure, what we want to be about. We want to be about God and about His glory. So let's be about His business. Amen. Looking forward to uh, this service with you. And um, yeah, really trusting with you all for, uh, for breakthrough in the areas where you need breakthrough. But also, let's be, let's be the light. Let's stop waiting for the light. I really feel that strongly this morning. Let's stop waiting for change and let's start being the change. Let's start stepping out and sharing the word. Not according to our will, but according to His will. Not according to our understanding, but according to the business of God. What is the Father's business? It's people. The Father's business is people, and the message with which to reach them is the gospel message, the good news of Jesus. The power with which to do so is love in action through the Holy Spirit. Really, that's, a, that's what Christianity is all about. So, 2 Corinthians 4. I want to go to 2 Corinthians 4. And we, we spoke about it last week. And uh, we linked it to the story of Gideon. And if you missed that, you, uh, you can go find the message online and listen to it. But I, wanna just, I just felt strongly stirred to go there again. Because it's so prevalent, it's so specific to the times and the situations that we're in. So 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 1 says, Therefore, <clears throat> since God in His mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. Amen. We never give up. What do Christians do? They never give up. <laughs> if people ask you, what do Christians do? You can say they never give up. Why? Because there's a new way. There's a living way. It's the gospel way. It's the Christ way. And in that way, 
We don't wait for a new way. We just never ever give up. That's not what we do. It's not in our nature to ever give up. Now, we're going to look at it, but it, even if you get knocked down, you don't get knocked out. Even if you get hit in the face, you get up again. And uh, that's what we do. Because we know that we're going to live for eternity with God. Amen? So, verse 3 from the New King James says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Now, there's a lot you can get from that. And the first thing you can get from that is that the people in this world are blinded by the God of this world because they don't believe. But we can shine the light on them. And that's really what we've been talking about the last two weeks. Let's be the light in the darkness. Let the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So where do we get light? That's a good question. Well, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's not a little light. Okay, can we start there? <laughs> it's the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Okay, that's what the word says. That is the light you carry. That is the light that you have in your hand, in your spirit, in yourself. It is the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Now think about how, what would the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, look like? What is the splendor, the brightness, the radiance of that? Now that is what we have. He is the image of God and it should shine on them. So that when we share the gospel, we shine that light on them. And I think something we see in, in, at Paul on the road to Damascus is this light. It's the light of Jesus shining on him. But we should see it in the Spirit every time we share the gospel, every time we share Christ, every time we, we, we preach the good news, we are shining this magnificent, glorious light into dark places and onto people. And they should be illuminated completely with that. The Passion Translation speaks about verse 4. It says, For their minds have been blinded by the God of this age, leaving them in unbelief. Their blindness keeps them from seeing the day spring light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the divine image of God. The day spring light, it means a new day is dawning. A new day is dawning. There's something on the horizon for all of us, and what's on the horizon is light. Now, it doesn't mean the world's going to get better. It just means that our understanding and how we live in this world is going to get better. Because we're going to live more and more from the spirit and less from the flesh. That's really maturity. And we are called to mature as Christians. If you want to you rank up in the army, the army of God, you're going to have to mature. And I really feel strongly to, to share on that as well. What the word has for us in terms of ministry positions really is elders. And elders are mature ones. It's not about your age. It's about how mature you are in Christ. And how do you get mature? You devour the word. You submit to church. You, you get in line and you come and you join the mission. And it's so much fun. And you can ask the people who's interns. You can ask the people who walk with us closely. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of maturing to do. There's a lot of submission to do. But it's worth it. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. If you go about what you're about, then you're going to be about what you're about. But if you're going to be about what Christ is about, you're going to see Christ solutions. You're going to see Christ salvations. You're going to see Christ results. Amen. And that really takes a few things. It takes submission, but it also takes a maturity and it takes then sharing and following those orders. Look at this from Song of Songs. Song of Songs 6 and verse 10 from the Passion it says, Look at you now. Arising as the day spring of the dawn, fair as the shining moon, bright and brilliant as the sun in all its strength, astonishing to behold a majestic army 
waving banners of victory. So what is this speaking about? This is prophetically speaking about the church of God, the bride of Christ. And he says, look at you now. And I want to say to you, church, look at you now. Look at the spirit side of you. Look at the God side of you. Look at the Christ side of you. Arising as the day spring of the dawn. I really believe we are in the brink of the church standing up for the true beauty that it is. Not buildings and shows and smoke machines, but the bride of Christ. Standing up, being counted, fair as the shining moon, bright and brilliant as the sun. <laughs> What's the brightest thing we can imagine? It's the sun. Now, the next time the sun shines, look into it. Don't for too long because we don't want to just pray for your eyes afterwards. But look at the glory of the sun. It says the church is rising bright and brilliant as the sun in all its strength. Astonishing to behold as majestic as a majestic army. There we have it again. See the Holy Spirit just weaving this word all throughout the message this morning. Waving banners of victory. Now we saw it last week in the story of Gideon. They weren't waving their swords. They were waving banners of victory. They were waving torches of light if you will. They were waving torches of light and blowing onto the ram's horn, which is a sign of the sacrifice of Christ. They were proclaiming the good news. They were proclaiming that. And what happened to the enemy? The enemy turned on itself. <laughs> Amen. I'm waiting for the day where the enemy turns on itself in this time, in this nation, and in this place. So that it is, the, it is us who proclaim the victory, but the enemy fights for themselves and they fight even against themselves. And no house divided can stand. Amen. So we speak into that. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 5. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 5. And we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 4 in detail this morning. Because it speaks about dark times. It speaks about challenging situations. But it also practically tells us what to do. From the New Living Translation, verse 5. It says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. So there's a few things in there. You need to go about. You need to go around. I think that's one of the big risks of church Modern day church and lockdown is passivity. Because church is not a Sunday thing, by the way. Church is a family, a body of believers on a mission together with God. And we can be on mission. The church is not closed. The services on a Sunday is maybe closed or the venues for our services are closed. But the church is alive and well. The church is moving forward. We just have testimony upon testimony of people getting saved, people getting healed, people getting um, just receiving the glory. We don't preach about ourselves. We go around and we preach, but not about ourselves. We preach Christ. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for His sake, for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness. Now, look at this. He goes into Genesis and he pulls something out of Genesis and he says, let there be light. This God who was hovering over the waters in the darkness before light was created, He spoke and he said, made this light shine in our hearts. God spoke and he said, let there be light. And what happened? You remember from Genesis 1, the creation story, there was light. He says, now that same God with that same authority has made this light shine in our hearts. So we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. So the same voice that spoke light into being in the beginning is now said, let there be light in our hearts. Let the flame of Christ burn in our hearts. Let the Holy Spirit enlighten us from the inside. How do we get this? So that the shine in our hearts, so we could know the glory of God. Where do we see the glory of God? In the face of Jesus Christ. So we look to Jesus and we see the glory of God. We look to Jesus and we're enlightened. We look to Jesus and we're illuminated. We, we shine like Moses' face shone, but we don't 
it, it doesn't move it doesn't remove it doesn't stop it just keeps on shining and that's 1 corinthians 3 i believe you can go look at that there so verse 7 we now have this light shining in our hearts but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure you see the problem for us often is focus are you focusing on you the clay jar or are we focusing on the flame on the inside of this clay jar and that's really the key to the changing the world is do not look at you if i look at me i mean i can see a lot of wrinkles and and mistakes and whatever i'm not perfect but christ in me is perfect christ in me is the hope of glory christ in me is the light of the world the hope of nations what is the world changing power it's not me but it's in me and that's so important for all of us it's not you but it's in you and therefore we need to focus on what is on the inside of this army what is on the inside of all of us and that's how we shine that's how we change darkness that's how we see people translated now sumi you shared about having someone be born again this week um i know herman and Marisa had someone getting born again this week and i promise you none of them shared about themselves because that doesn't get people born again they shared about jesus they shared about christ they shared the gospel message the good news what did they do they enlightened those people with the good news of jesus by shining forth let the flame burn get the get the clay jar out of the way if you will so that the light can shine forth on the hearts of men and they can see christ and they can be illuminated for themselves colossians 1 speaks about we've been translated moved removed from darkness where to to light to the sun kingdom to the kingdom of the son of his love that's really what we're about amen we are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure it's not about you it's about the treasure in you this makes it clear that our great power is from god and not from ourselves amen our great power yes amen we've got great power but it's not about us it's about the one inside of us and if you're tired and you're worn out and you had enough i want to ask you are you living from the source on the inside of you or are you living from yourself your sphere what you can do it's about what is inside now look at this you might think oh peter you don't know what i'm going through you might have a different now someone said the other day we're all in the same storm but we're not all in the same boat and i believe that and i agree with that that's true so if you work in the restaurant industry for instance you're in a very different boat currently than someone working in it but we're in the same storm when we're in this together as family but listen to this from verse 8 it says we are pressed on every side by troubles but we are not crushed okay amen <laughs> i want some amens here it says we are perplexed but not driven to despair we are hunted down but never abandoned by god we get knocked down but we are not destroyed the passion says we get knocked down but not knocked out we get up again amen but never abandoned by god we get knocked down but we are not destroyed verse 10 through suffering our bodies continue to share in the death of jesus so that the life of jesus may also be seen in our bodies through suffering we know that there's jesus but therefore we know that the light now shines forth through this clay jar verse 16 that is why we never give up verse 1 started with what is a christian someone who never gives up that is why why because we've got the greater power on the inside though our bodies are dying our spirits are being renewed every day for our present troubles listen to this church our present troubles are small and won't last very long our present troubles are small and won't last very long um, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last 
forever. Our glory will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, now this is an invitation for you. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Where is the, the battle? The battle is where we cannot see, actually. Ephesians 6. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. The things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. We have an opportunity, an invitation, if you will, to focus on that which will last forever. Where the world is constantly screaming at us, and I see the word there, Marisa, well, don't be entangled with this world. Keep focus. Keep focus on what you can't see. Keep focus on the spiritual realm, what is inside of you, the flame. It is our choice. It's Jesus' invitation, but it's your decision. What will you focus on? Will you focus on what can be seen or what cannot be seen? Now, let's go to John 4. John 4. Because a lot of people are now building and rebuilding businesses and they're building and rebuilding things. And I mean, we need businesses. We need provision. We need jobs. Amen. We need that. We've got the provider, but he works through um, the provision often comes through work. But <laughs> we know those things are going to burn. We know businesses and buildings and we know this world is going to burn. So we need to know what are we building really. Because we can build and rebuild and restart again. And I know we need to and we need to rebuild this nation. But we're not going to rebuild this nation in the physical. We're going to have to rebuild this nation in the spiritual. Because what is seen will be gone again. But what is not seen will last. And I really believe this is a time for us to, to wake up from the slumber and stand up and be counted in what things that cannot be seen. Let's go into people's homes. Let's speak. It's not about the biggest church building, but it's about the church on, move, on the move. Sharing not about themselves, but about Christ. That is how we change the world. Not praying just for peace, but sharing the Prince of Peace. Seeing Him born again in the hearts of men. So, John 4 and verse 13. Jesus answered, and this is the woman at the well. He says, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. Now let's make this a little bit spiritual this morning. If you drink from your ancestry, if you drink from your family name, if you drink from your business, you will be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living waters I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. Not about you, but I want to be forever satisfied. Amen. <laughs> and I'm living in that. I need things and we need to pay the bills and it's almost month end, I know. And because I'm getting bills and invoices and we need to get through the month end, I know. But we have something that will satisfy us forever. Amen. It's God. It's Jesus. It's Him on the inside of us. It is the living water. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit. Springing up and flooding you with endless life. What is on the inside? Church is so much greater. It is the the flame of God, but it's also the fountain of God. It is the refreshing that the world needs. And guess what? It is the same kind because everything produces after its kind. So when we drink the water, the fountain is, excuse me, now birthed in the, on the inside of us. What is that fountain? It's the fountain of the Holy Ghost. And now we share from that fountain and other people drink that water. And now the fountain of the Holy Ghost is birthed in their hearts. And they can go out and share with others. And that's what we really should be all about. Springing up. The Greek word there is holomeneo. And it is never used actually for water. It is a verb for people or living things. Means jump or leap or get up. 
We need to jump. We need to leap. We need to get up. Some people in the church are like, ah, yeah, church again. It's online or ah, we can't do anything. We need to jump, church. We need to leap. We need to spring forth. We need to go out. We need to move into the things that we can. It is the activity of the Holy Spirit. It is the God flame on the inside of us. Let's go look at Song of Songs again. Verse four, um, Song of Songs 4, verse 15. If you know me by now, you know how I like to bring the old and the new together. And that's really what we're doing this morning again. Song of Songs 4 and verse 15 says, Your life flows into mine, pure as a garden spring. A well of living water springs up from within you like a mountain brook flowing into my heart. That's the Passion Translation. Your life flows into mine, pure as a garden spring. A well of living water springs up from within you. Like a mountain brook flowing into my heart. Just what a prophecy. When we receive the waters of Christ, that now is birthed in our hearts. It springs up. And now we've got more to share with others. Why do you get that? Maybe you say, yes, I want that. I want to be a life fountain for God. I want to bring life-giving waters. Receive. 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 Receive the word. Receive Christ. Receive the message this morning. And then say, Lord, let it burst forth. Let it overflow into the lives of others. Help me on that release valve and let's get out the word this morning. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 and verse 14. The Amplified Classic says it like this. It says, Therefore he says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine, make the day dawn upon you, and give you light. What do we need to do? Get up. (laughs) Get up this morning, church. Let the day dawn upon you and give you light. We don't need to be the light. We need to let the light shine in us and through us. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately. This is like an army again. We live purposefully. We live worthily and we live accurately. Not as the unwise and the witless, but as wise, sensible and intelligent people. Verse 16, making the very most of the time. We don't know how long we're going to be in lockdown, but that doesn't matter because we need to make the very most of the time. We can't wait for one day. We need to get up today. Amen. We need to phone that friend today. You need to phone your family. Book a Zoom meeting. Go for a coffee. Share the gospel. Amen. Let's make the most of the time in this place. We need to make the very most of the time. Buying up each opportunity. What does that mean? Pay for the coffee. (laughs) Pay for the coffee. Be generous. Share Jesus. Invite people. Uh, Make sure that you're generous because we have a generous God which we want to show and proclaim to this world. We want to be generous. Amen. Buying up each opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. Now, you can say the days are evil. I can't do this. Here Paul says the days are evil. So you have to do this. Don't be put off by evil days. (laughs) It's not new and it's not going to get better. So what are we waiting for? Are we waiting for the end times while you're in it? Amen. Are you waiting for Jesus to come back while he's in you? So why are you waiting for him? Get up church. Let's move forward. We have a command from our general, from our captain, the captain of our souls. And he says, get up, share the gospel. Stop waiting. Stop hiding. Let the light shine. It's the same God who spoke light into being has now said, let the light of God shine in the hearts of man. Amen. Matthew 6 and verse 30. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never ever seen again, don't you think He'll attend to you, take pride in you, 
do what is best for you. A lot of people say, we can't do that. We can't share. Because what if I lose my job? We can't share. What if I lose my family? God says, I will take care of you. Amen. But what about the economic situation? <laughs> According to the riches of heaven. Amen. God takes care of his children. He'll take pride. He takes pride in you. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. I love the message translation here. Relax, church. <laughs> if you want a word from God this morning, here it is. Relax. Relax. I'm going to say it again. Relax. Do not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. As soon as you open your hand, you can receive. Like This is a relaxed position. This is a tense position. This is relaxed. Relax. Open your hands. This is a position of receiving. Receive. Stand before God. In the shower, if you will. <laughs> and say, Lord, I want to receive. Like, just make me aware of your presence right now. Holy Spirit, I know you've got instructions for me. I know you've got the best plans for me. Just speak to me. Speak to my heart. You remember the Holy Spirit whispers because he's close. You don't need a sign from heaven and a thunder cloud. And the, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. You don't even hear the voice behind you because the voice is now within you. We have what we need. You are a super agent for God. You got the voice of God on the inside of you and you can walk according to that. Relax. Relax, church. And let's start looking at God's giving. People who don't know God and the way He works fuss over things. But you know both God and how He works. So steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. Amen. <laughs> Again, practical. I think I must go through my notes and just take all the practical steps out for us this morning. Here we go. Steep your life in God reality. What do we think about? What God thinks about? What do you think God thinks about the situation? Think about that. God initiative. Not our plans, but His plans. Not our way of doing things, but His way of doing things. Not our way of then providing for ourselves, but His way of providing for ourselves. God reality. God initiative. God provisions. What does that bring? That results in boldness. And we need boldness. Where do we get boldness? By spending time with Jesus. Acts 4 and verse 13. We spoke about that many times before. Boldness is the willingness to take risks and act innovatively with a confidence and courage. I'm going to say that again. Boldness is the willingness to take risks and act innovatively. Innovatively is something new, something else, something different. And a confidence or courage that comes with that. It's doing something, doing it confidently, doing it courageously. And how would you do that? For me, that sounds like faith. If I walk faithfully, I will confidently and courageously. I'll work willingly and I'll, make, I'll take risks. But it is because I've heard from the master. I've heard from the captain. I've heard from the general. I've heard from my father. And I'll go and live according to that. But what about the evil days? Matthew 6.34. Thank you for asking. It says, refuse to worry about tomorrow. The Passion Translation puts it straight. Refuse. You're going to have the opportunity. Refuse it. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And I promise you, I'm not perfect in this, but in the last year, the last 17 months, I've had to live according to this. We have to make decisions for the church according to this, for our family according to this. And everything can change in the day, we've realized but don't worry about tomorrow. I refuse to worry about tomorrow. And I promise you, I can share miracle after miracle of provision, of faithfulness of God in this place. 
And maybe we should share about that sometime. But really, God is just good. <laughs> and in the day that, I mean, recently my wife and I made a decision to give up on, 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 on something big that was also even big financially for us. It was a big part of our provision. And we just felt like this is not for us anymore. And we didn't know where the finance is going to come from or anything. And, and we just felt like checked it in with our leaders. And, and, and we were all of the opinion, this season has ended. And we didn't wait for the new provision to come. We just said, like, met with the people and said, hey, thank you so much for this opportunity. But we just don't see it long term and, and, and we're ending it. And we gave them a two months notice or whatever. In that time, someone where I work resigned and they asked me, can you, can you maybe step up? Can you, like, maybe give us a few more hours? Can you, like, what about an increase? Like, we just don't want to lose you. <laughs> I didn't know those things. But God knew those things. And guess what? Now there's less pressure on us. There's, we've got more time to do ministry. But God still provides. God still fulfills His promises. God is faithful in this. Listen to God. For me, it didn't make sense to say no to that opportunity financially. But it's not about making sense. It's not about our initiative. It's about His initiative. It's not about our provision. It's about His provision. It's not about our getting. It's about Him giving in this place. It's not about me worrying. Lord, I cannot do that because what about tomorrow? God knows about tomorrow. God is in your tomorrow. God was in your yesterday. He's in your today and he'll be in your tomorrow again. Amen. And he is the same yesterday, today and forever. Galatians 6 and verse 9. I believe this is God just cheering us on this morning. It says, and no, don't allow yourselves to be wary in planting good seeds. Maybe you say, Peter, I've tried this. Peter, I've ministered. Peter, I've, I've tried and I've kept on and it's now I'm just tired. I've been praying for that person, that family member. They're just not getting through that, just not getting healed. Do not grow weary in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. After this harvest time, there's growth time, and then there's seed time, seed time, and harvest. Amen? So good. Just to focus on what God is doing this morning. 2 Corinthians 1. 2 Corinthians 1. What is our focus? What are we focusing on? It says, blessed, verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Is God, who is God, if I ask you, what is He like? What is the nature of God like? He is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. You cannot buy the comfort the Holy Spirit wants to give you. You cannot buy the comfort the Holy Spirit wants to give you. He is the comforter. He is the Spirit of God, the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. Church, get comforted so we can comfort others. That's what God says. Come to me, come and receive, and then overflow. Come and let the light shine on you, but then let it reflect. Come and receive the living waters, drink it, but then let it spring forth. That's what God is about. Come and get comforted so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. You see, the key again, it's not in the clay jar, but it's in the flame inside of the clay jar. You might feel tired, worn out, and you like you're the only one with hope left in your family, and your work. Everyone's negative. Everyone's worn down. Everyone is tired. Everyone's got COVID fatigue or have COVID. But it's not about that. Be comforted so you can become comforting. Let the comforter live in you. Let him abound in you and then let him work through you. God wants to live in us, yes, but God also wants to live through us. 
in this world. He wants to let the light of God shine in you, but let it shine through you. Verse 5, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Basically says, the more we suffer, the more we know God is with us. And the more we can share His glory and His goodness. And I read this on someone's Facebook post in the week. It says, if we avoid suffering, we have no idea what love and the gospel is for. <laughs> no amens, I'm sure, but it is true. If we avoid suffering, we have no idea what love and the gospel is for. If we hide in our corners in comfort, we are not doing what God has called us to do. I mean, I don't really preach like this evangelical uh, messages I give you this morning often, but I really feel stirred up. It is not to live for comfort, it's to live for kingdom. God is more interested in your character than your comfort. Amen? Because that's where maturity comes in and that's where fruitfulness is birthed. James 1.27 Pure and genuine religion, the word there is actually service to God, worship, in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. What does that mean? It basically says true worship is moving into hard places and difficult circumstances, not away from it. True worship is moving into, closer to, towards hard places and difficult circumstances and not away from it. And I'm going to say this out loud now. If you are deciding whether you're going to stay in this country based on comfort and how things are going, don't do it. Speak to God. If God says go, go. If He says stay, stay. A soldier doesn't go by comfort. It doesn't go where the circumstances are nice. It goes where the governor, the general, the captain says to go. Because we know that is the best for us. That is the best for our nation. That's the best for your calling. Amen. We go when he says go and we stay when he says stay. 1 Timothy 2. And I'm drawing this to a close. 1 Timothy 2 and verse 3. says, For this is the good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. What is God's desire? That all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Church, we've got a job to do. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. We need to testify because the time is due. The time is now. For which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm speaking the truth in Christ and not lying a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. We have one message for this time, and that is Jesus. It is testified in due time, in this time. The time is now. So, how do we overcome? How do we step up? How do we rise in this time? How do we move forward? How do we grow in boldness? And we're going to close with this, 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. I mean, if you read the Word, if you read the New Testament specifically, you very quickly come to the conclusion that we're not the first people to see suffering. <laughs> We're not the first church to go through hardship and difficult times. So if we just, if we just proclaim that everything's going to be hunky-dory and, 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 and rainbows and flowers, like we're not preaching what, what, what Paul preached. We're not preaching what Peter preached. We're not preaching what Jesus preached. Because John 16, 33, Jesus says in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It's not about this world. It's about us shining in this world. Because this world is dark and dire and in need. And dying, but we are light and life and living in this place. And we need to move forward in that. So, I'm giving you some steps 
to overcome, to soar in any climate. Let's make it four steps to soar in any climate. Now that's a good conclusion for a sermon, I believe. <laughs> First Peter 5, verse 6 from the New Living Translation says, Humble yourself under the mighty hand and power of God. Okay, that's your first step. It's not about the clay jar. It's about the flame inside the clay jar. Recognize that. Acknowledge that. Live according to that. And at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. You can go to Gideon again. The clay jar in the right time is lifted up and the light shines forth and the enemy destroys itself. It's awesome. Verse 7, point 2. Give all your worries and cares to God. How do you soar in any climate? You humble yourself under the mighty power of God. Secondly, you give your worries and cares to God. Why? Because He cares about you. <laughs> you he cares about us. That's awesome. Verse 3. Not verse 8, sorry. Point 3. Stay alert. So point 1, humble yourselves. Point 2, give your cares to God. Point 3, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stay alert. Keep him away. Like a dog that wants to come into your house and make a mess. Keep him out. You have the authority. It's your place. It's your body. It's your life. You've got Christ, the name of Jesus, inside of you. Use that. Stay alert. And I want to say stay alive. <laughs> Sounds like a alive, alive, uh, what? Arrive Alive campaign. Point four, verse nine. Stand firm against him. Stay alert. Point three, stay firm against him and strong in your faith. Stay firm and strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering as you are. And I think that's often where we go. We think, ah, oh, just me, or it's just this time, or it's just this generation. I promise you the Second World War was worse. The Second World War was definitely worse than what we're going through. We are okay. We are going to make it. The light shines forth in us. The flame is burning. So stand firm, stay alert, give your cares to God, and humble ourselves under the mighty power of God. What does that mean? It doesn't mean I go hide and, oh, God will do it. No, the battle is not the Lord's. The battle is ours, but the Lord is in us. Amen? So, therefore, it is His battle. It's His victory, but we need to stand up. We need to rise up. We need to go for it in this time. Stand firm against Him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is growing through the same kind of suffering as you are. And where you are... I want to just give you an opportunity to, to act on this. To act on this for a moment. And then we're going to go into the, the feedback and the other verses and scriptures that you share. Um, and I'll give you time just for some feedback and uh, just wrapping this up. But where you are, like, let's take this moment. Let's take this advice from the Holy Spirit this morning. And let's humble ourselves under His power. Let's give our worries and cares to Him. Let's stay alert throughout the week. And let's stand firm and be strong in our faith. And let's see overcoming power rise up on the inside of us. Let's move forward in the things that He has for us. So Father, where we are, we just want to respond to this word this morning. We want to, we want to acknowledge that we've heard from You. That, we've sp that, that You've spoken, our Captain, and that we can align ourselves, that we can adjust, that we can act accordingly. Father, we want to just humble ourselves under Your mighty power. By that, we acknowledge Your power. We acknowledge the life of God on the inside of us. The light that shines forth in darkness. Father, we are so easy to worry. So easy to, to get worried and like about many things. I think how Jesus spoke to Mary and Martha. You're worried and careful for many things. But we want to give that to you, Lord. Because we know that you care for us. 
Holy Spirit, help us to, to stay alert, to stand against the enemy who's howling and prowling. But we know that we've got the greater one living on the inside of us. And we're going to stand firm, Father, and we want, to, we want to live in faith. Not by what we see, but the unseen is what lasts, the eternal. Father, help us to, to move through these steps, to grow up in maturity so we can live not just for ourselves, but for others. That we can be comforted. The Holy Spirit wants to comfort you right now. Right now, just where you are, if you need comforting, if you need rest and refreshing, this is the time, this is the refreshing that He wants to give you. It's the Spirit bubbling up on the inside of you, refreshing you right now, giving hope and bringing glory to the name of Jesus right now in Jesus' name. Don't focus on your circumstances. Don't focus on your bank account. Focus on the life-giving power that's on the inside of you. See that fountain bubbling up. And then Isaiah 12 says, draw from that well of salvation. Draw from that well. Drink, even throw it over you. I see yourself like just throwing this water over you. But then also give some to others. Share a cup. Share the love of God. Share Jesus. Share the Holy Spirit. Share a bowl of food if you have to. But share Jesus with that. Use the seen, but minister the unseen. Use the seen, but minister that which will last forever. Now listen to this, verse 10. In His kindness, God called you to share in His eternal glory by the means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you. And He will place you on a firm foundation. Church, I speak that over us this morning. After you have suffered a little while, He will restore, He will support, and He will strengthen you. And He will place you on a firm foundation. That foundation is Christ. Amen. Let's grow on Him. Let's stand on Him. Let's not be moved. All power to Him forever and ever. Amen. All power to Him. From Him, but to Him. From Him, but through us. And then we just use that power and we minister to others and it gets back the glory. <laughs> it's awesome. God gives you the power. We use it. We walk in the power. We get the benefit of it. Other people get the benefit of it and we give thanks to Him. And they're like, just that's a, like Armand said this morning, that's a positive feedback loop. It just builds and builds and builds and builds. And that's really so awesome. So, if you have something to share, something feedback, we love as a family just to feast on the word. I'm going to give an opportunity for that. You can raise your hand or you can use the chat box. But uh, I just stood up and like so encouraged by the word this morning. So ready to go out and to, to live a life that is worthy. A life that is worthy of God's calling. And that's what the word says. Like live a life that's worthy of the calling of Christ. The high calling. Which is let's live according to what he's about. Our father's business. And let's move forward in that. Philip says, uh, 1 John 4, 4, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Amen. That's a reminder, but it's also should not just be reminded of it, but it should encourage you. You should step up and move forward with that. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. That's a, like, we are of God. Remind yourself of that. That He knoweth God heareth us, and He that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby know we the Spirit of truth, and the spirit of error. God works in us and through us. We are of God. And if the world doesn't hear you. If the world doesn't like you. You're not called to be a world liker. <laughs> you're called to be a world changer. Amen. I hope that helps. First Corinthians, uh, First Thessalonians. Let's go there quickly. 1 and verse 6. Thank you Bernard and Wendy. It says. Uh, 
and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Much affliction, but with joy of the Holy Spirit. So that you were examples or examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Acacia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Acacia, but also in every place your faith to God would uh, spread abroad, abroad. So that we need not to speak anything. What a word. Thank you so much for that. Like just saying, even in afflictions, we speak. And that's just a beautiful conclusion, I believe. We speak. We speak the gospel. We speak the truth. We speak life. Even in our afflictions, we have joy. Not happiness. Happiness is temporary. I wasn't happy last night when the Springboks lost. But I've got the joy of the Spirit on the inside of me. And that never leaves. So we don't need to live with happiness. We need to live with joy. We need to live with the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is what we're about. And that's what we should be sharing about. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.